The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined by your other host, Jim Clark. Hey, everybody. We're back, but we're outside of the timeline once again. Yes, yes. We stepped out of the linear storytelling timeline and we're jumping around. Yeah. Last time we, we went from the 80s to the 90s. Yeah, but now technically are we going back forward or are we going backwards? Because the movie's backwards, but we're talking about a movie from today. We're going... Both ways. Back to the future. Ah, okay, yes. (laughs) Uh, No, dude, yeah, we're jumping around on the timeline. Um, This episode is coming out when the shadow people would typically expect a regular movie review in our 1980s slasher horror journey through In Search of Darkness. That's not happening today. That's happening tomorrow. They're going to hear that tomorrow. Good. Today, they're listening to us return to Fear Street. Fear Street, Chapter 2, or Part 2, 1978. Hello? It's not over. You are our last chance. How do we end this? You have to go back to 1978. The first day of camp. So you're back. I'm out of Looks like blood. Do you have a better idea? Maybe. Who are you? Nick Good. Bad things always happen to shady siders. You feel it, don't you? There's something holding us down. Who's seen us? Run. One way or another, you're going to die tonight. There it is. It's not just a diary. It's a map. I'm not letting you die. My sister's still out there. Go, go, go! We can end this. You swore. It's becoming a habit. Arlstein's Fear Street. So we saw 1994. We talked about our experiences with Fear Street. We talked about our thoughts on it. We talked about 1994 and how we thought, you know, I wonder if this is going to carry over. And we got our answer immediately. Yeah. Part two starts right with a recap of the first film and then picks up right from where it leaves off. Um, Kind of like we get uh, like um, parallel. We go right over to the character that they've been trying to contact, the one who survived the murders of Camp Nightwing. Yes. Right? C, yep. what was her last name? I can't remember her last name. And oh, I literally God. just watched it again this afternoon. Oh, did you um, really? Yeah, I, I yeah, totally I watched did. it last night. Did you watch it last night too? No, I didn't. 
That's why I didn't. I, I did oh. not end up watching it last night. That's um, Berman. Berman. C. Berman. Right. And um, it's Britta. If you ever seen the TV show Community, the the uh, Jillian Jacobson who plays Britta plays this character C. C. Berman. Right. And our main characters from '94 come across uh, find this woman to talk to her about like, listen, talk to us, tell us how you survived because we need to save. Uh, our friend or my girlfriend, right? She's uh, yep. she's in the trunk and she's possessed by the spirit of a dead witch. And Jillian Jacobs is like, yeah, get that shit out of here. It's not happening. <laughs> That's uh, That right there seems like it's a goosebump book right out of the bat. I'm dating a teenage monster or something. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> so they they convince her to help out. So they, they end up tying, um, what was her name again? Sarah? Who? Oh, wait. The witch. Who? The girl. The girl who's in the trunk. The possessed girl. What's her name? Sarah, right? Oh. Um, they tie her up dude, to like the, the radiator yeah. in 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 the in the in the, the bathroom. bathroom. Which I was like, really? Did did the Sam? Well, Sam. That's it. So did the one girl and the the her brother carry this like writhing lunatic? You know what I mean? Yeah. With yeah. no problems because you know Jillian Jacobs wasn't helping out there or. Nope. Um, C C God damn it, what did you say last name? Berman. Right. Berman. Berman wasn't helping out, dude. She's just like, get that shit away from me. So they tie her up in the in, in Berman's bathroom. And this again feels more goosebumpy, right? Because mm-hmm. then it's like uh this character, this woman, Jillian Jacobs character, tells them to have a seat. Like, okay, kids, it's story time. I know there's this girl possessed by a witch <laughs> in the other room, <laughs> but we're gonna have a seat and we're gonna we're gonna have story time. And she pulls out this journal with all of these clippings, and we go back in time. Here we are, 1978, Camp Nightwing, 70s music kicks in. I mean, it's camp. It's what you think yep. of in a summer camp. Kids are out doing things. You know, uh, Immediately, we're introduced to uh, a Berman girl because we find out there are two. They're sisters, right? Yes. Yep. There's, um, there's what what they call her? Ziggy. Ziggy. There's Ziggy, and then there's... Um, Good Lord, why can't I remember the names? I just watched Cindy. it again. Cindy. Because I wanted to say Christine, dude. I'm like, it's got to be a C name, dude. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yeah, Christine, I guess, is with a C. <laughs> I was going to say it's with a K, but. Yeah. So we got Ziggy and we got Cindy, the sisters. But Ziggy's the younger one. And we're immediately introduced to the fact that she's the troublemaker. She doesn't want to be here. She's kind of a rebel. She's kind of like the fuck, fuck you guys kind of a thing. Um She's being bullied by the kids from Sunnyvale. And that's immediately one of the other things that's established. This is a camp for kids from both towns. However, it's not a camp that nurtures togetherness, right? Because everything is separate. Everything is like, hey, these colors are yours if you're Sunnyvale. These colors are yours if you're you're, uh, shady side. Or shady, yeah, shady side. Shady side and shitty side or sunny side. Yeah. So we get this. We're we're in the camp now. We have kids. We have we have bullies. We have our main characters, uh, Ziggy and her sister, and a couple of their friends. Um, and we get we get the the dynamics. Everything's given to us in this this entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. All the way up to this point, I'm just like, okay, where are the killers? We know there's killers. Let's get on with this. What's <laughs> happening, right? It takes its time, right? But it takes yeah. its time getting there in a really creepy way because we get to a scene where there's a nurse who yep. kind of, you know, she's not doing too well because her daughter is one of these people who just recently 
had been possessed and went on a killing spree and then ended up killing herself. Um, and people said it was is the witch, right? So yep. um, as Ziggy's getting taken care of for some injuries that was you know kind of put upon her by the bullies, this nurse is kind of going off on that, and she's not doing too well. Um, we're introduced to her sister now, right? Her sister's off cleaning some latrines with her boyfriend, and they're talking mm-hmm. about how they have things that they have to get clean and ready for whatever this this game thing was that they have going on, this event. Uh, we have this stuff to clean up. We have to make sure we do it. And uh, this is how we find out Ziggy's her sister, because she's kind of pulled away from this, saying, hey, listen, you need to go talk to your sister. This nonsense is going down. So when she goes with her boyfriend to confront her sister about this stuff, her sister kind of gives her attitude and takes off. We get from this inter- exchange that they don't have a great home life, that dad left, mom's at home, she's a drunk, uh, things aren't going so well, and you know they kind of need to be away at this camp. This is something that's kind of needed. But but don't forget, we, we get also this, this dynamic between the two sisters, that the yeah. one, the, the younger sister uh, realizes where she comes from and accepts it. Yes. Doesn't ex- like like accept it in a good way, but she accepts it for what it is and, and lives within those confines. And then the other sister doesn't want any part of that, is trying to be somebody she's not. She wants out. She wants yep. to be more sunny, Sunnyvale, right? And they even make reference to it that like she saved all her money just to get this one really nice polo, polo shirt. shirt that makes her look like she fits in. And immediately she did, because when I saw her, I was like, they're sisters, but she looks like she's part of like, like, like this, right? You know, this kind yeah. of group of people. So you get it through the story that she is. She's putting on a front, right? She's very ashamed of where she comes from. So there's a lot of co- dynamics happening in this story. Um, but then we get that first instance of, of really creepy kind of horror aspect shit, right? Mm-hmm. We get the sister and her boyfriend. We have um, Cindy and her boyfriend are confronted by the nurse. And the nurse is there, and she's got a knife, and she's basically looking at the boyfriend saying, you know, you have no choice in the matter. You're dying either way tonight, right? You're going to die. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make sure less people die. And she, like, goes at him to kill him. And he wrestles her off and ends up, you know, knocking her out, not before he sustains a head, uh, an injury to the back of his head. They take the nurse away in an ambulance, right? People are like, oh, she lost it. She's uh, She's gone a little, a little wacko. Um, through all of this, right, we're introduced to a lot of different characters that later on become adults that we know from the first episode, one of which is um, the sheriff. The sheriff yeah. is one of, like, the camp counselors at this camp. Mm-hmm. And we also find that some of the the citizens of Sunnyvale, some of the more prominent citizens, are also camp counselors here and and it's this kind of they're such douchebags and you can see how they're going to grow up to kind of become that kind of town you know where that like, person who they're going to mold out to be yeah um but the sheriff we're we're shown that he's kind of a good guy he's got a good heart and he's kind of attracted to ziggy right like yeah. he's he he has a he's taken a shine to her if you yes. will <laughs> and uh <laughs> so this goes down um the the sister Cindy feels to herself, you know, I feel like something's off here. We got to figure this out because something happened with this nurse. It's not just she went crazy, right? She yeah. must be doing drugs or something. Let's go check it out. So she and a couple of the other, you know, uh, older count are they counselors? They're counselors, right? Because Cindy's a counselor. There. Yes, they're counselors. Yes. Okay. Because at first I wasn't wasn't sure. made clear, but I, I guess you're just supposed to infer it. Which I mean, 
I got it. I, I, I yeah. understood that. Yeah, but yeah. No, I understand where that question can't come from. Yeah. So they go so they go to check out the nurse's office and see what's going on and they find this journal. The one that um Jillian Jacobs character is reading at the beginning of the story, right? The beginning mm-hmm. of this movie. They find this journal and it's got all this stuff about Sarah Fear and these weird diagrams and stuff and it talks about like when her hand was cut and the blood and how it left all this scarring under the ground. There's all these real cryptic weird kind of passages. And they're like, we're going to go. They find a map in it. And they're like, we're going to go find her house. We're going to go find Seraphir's house. And Cindy's like, no, we're not. And these other counselors are like, yeah, we are. And boom, they, they, <laughs> they just bust out of there. They, they go looking for it. Um, through circumstance, they come, across, uh, they come across this kind of, what is it, a hole in the ground? It's not really a hole because it's got like steps or something, right? Like a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this weird kind of hole tunnel in the ground that leads them to a cavern with this strange symbol carved into the ground, the same one that they saw in the book. Mm -hmm. During this time, they're like, you know, stuff's weird here. We should kind of move on and see what's going on. Let's get out of here. As they're getting ready to leave, Cindy's boyfriend is all acting weird, dude. All of a sudden, he's got like this, like, glazed over look in his eyes flipping he was out. getting there though he was already getting there to this point you could see him slowly yeah starting to it was it, it was slowly building yeah uh, there's that one scene right before this all happens right and they're about to do this capture the flag game the big event um where he's charging one of the one of the kids who's going to be the jailer like this is what you have to do mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he starts to kind of zone out and it's this weird he can hear like the the weird witch calling him thing yeah and he's seeing flashes of imagery and stuff and and all of a sudden the hand comes up from behind him but it was cindy but that makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's like you know what i mean it's all creepy something and reaching shit. for him yeah um so he's down there. He starts acting weird, dude. Grabs an axe off the wall and starts swinging, dude. He, he chops up, like, smashes the head of one of the kids that's with them, one of the counselors. Uh, his girlfriend, Cindy, and this other girl scream and take off in the opposite direction. They go deeper into these tunnels and end up causing uh, an, uh, a cave-in. Yeah. Right? Now they're trapped. Meanwhile, we got Ziggy and uh, future sheriff kind of getting to know each other a little better um, plotting against the bully plotting against the bully budding the romance like they're kind of yeah. you know hinting and talking to each other like you think you could talk to a girl from shady side he's like of course i could talk to a girl you know what i'm saying it's like this little this little flirtatious dance that they're doing yeah um, this is all going down while down there uh the girls get caved in and cindy down there thinks to herself oh yeah we're safe here but like the kids up there are not. Yeah. And immediately, dude, we cut to the woods. It's dark. It's nighttime. And the kids are out there all in the woods, Ugh. just kind of roaming. Right. We watch horror movies, dude. And typically we see teens getting getting killed. Getting slash. Yep. We're not used to seeing kids getting hunted down like kids, <sighs> children. And that happens in this one. And he it goes wasn't just him. one. No, it wasn't just two. No, it was more than that, dude. <laughs> he goes after him. He hunts them down. He's going into cabins and like just ch- and and only shady side kids. That's the thing about yeah. this. It's o- only shady side people are getting killed. Um, and he is. He's cutting a path through this this the camp. Uh, Ziggy and sheriff, future sheriff Nick. Good, right? Nick 
uh, realize this is happening and it's like holy shit we have to try to survive and they're trying to get all the kids and and get them all shut you know ushered into the mess hall that's basically the rest of this movie is that he's going around chopping them up they have to tr- try to figure out how to survive meanwhile cindy and this other girl have to figure out how to get out of the caves during this time they come across some things that give us some more clues into the mythos and what's going on in the world mm-hmm. of fear street so before we move forward from here the build-up to this. I've been yeah. just kind of rambling and saying this is what happened in the movie, dude. Let's <laughs> talk, dude. Let's. What were your thoughts on the film overall? Um, I enjoyed it. It was good. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff in this movie. It was like it was like going to your favorite sandwich shop and ordering your favorite sandwich and taking a look inside and seeing all that good <laughs> meatiness inside. It was... Uh, they, uh, they, and it's hard when you make a second. And, and that's the thing with this whole series in general. It's difficult to make a good sequel alone, right? Then you're talking about making a sequel and then a sequel to the sequel in a, a trilogy in a, in a movie series based off of a book series. And you're making them all at the same time. So you have nothing to go off of. You don't have any indication of how the audience is going to think and feel and, and what they're going to want to critique your sequel to that. Um, you just got to go for it and hope that it works. And they nailed it, dude. As far as I'm concerned, for the most part, they nailed it uh, as a successful sequel. When I watched it the first time, I did enjoy it. But I felt, as I'm watching it, I kept feeling like I was lacking. I'm like, how come I'm not enjoying it the way I enjoyed 1994? Like, 94, I was like all in, dude. You know, but I I did like it. Not that I didn't like it. I thought it was cool. And I was like, all right, cool. I can't wait for the next one. So then I watched it again. Now, the second time watching it, man, I fell in love with it. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but the second time watching it, it was like now I'm sucked in. I knew what was coming, but I was able to now kind of enjoy the world and not the entire time anticipating okay when's the killer gonna come okay when are we gonna get okay okay and this time it was like i was actually enjoying the world so i was enjoying the camp life i was See, enjoying the music i was enjoying what was going on in the story and i had a very similar experience when i first at the watched it the first time i'm like eh, okay but i think i did that to myself because i went in with certain expectations right right yeah and it didn't meet that yeah. But then I stopped and I said, well, I can't, because I wanted, I, I came in expecting it to be very Friday the 13th. And Me too. it was, and it was. Slightly. Uh, slightly. There was a lot uh, of burning. Remember, like you said, yes, maybe dude, some I was going to say that. I was going to say kids, that. The whole the thing with the kids. Yes. At the kids at the camp. I was like, damn, dude, there's more burning in this movie than there is Friday the 13th. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but y- you can't. I guess I shouldn't have gone in with that expectation because that's not what they're trying to do. That wasn't right. what they were trying to do. Right. Um, so when I sat back and I watched it a second time and I went in with that mindset, like I said, it completely, I had already enjoyed it and liked it, but yeah. it, it put it further up than it was, you know? Same. Yeah, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I thought as I was watching, I was like, you know, here, I, as I was, I thought to myself, here it is. Jim's getting what he wanted. There's this is more burning <laughs> feeling because of the kids and this whole thing. I also got a lot of sleepaway camp from it with the girls bullying Ziggy and that whole kind of thing that was going on. Um, I love the Stephen King references in this. You know, like yes. they're, they're literally giving them nods, right, uh, dude? Yeah, yeah. This the second viewing was really cool. Now, the second viewing also did reinforce a couple of the questionable things that I had about this movie. 
as as for me as well. One of them yes. being um, the exchange at the very beginning felt so much off from the same feeling. Like if you tried to play them back to back immediately, it shifts in tone with the way. I don't know the feel of it. I don't know why. All of a sudden, it felt more like a Goosebumps episode. Like I said, she sits down and she's like, "Here, now it's story time," and she starts you know to why? tell because them a it was story. Rushed. I think yeah. it's because it was rushed because they yeah. wanted to get into the 1978, but they needed to needed to tie it in at the beginning. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Having to rush it made me feel kind of like this is kind of a slightly on the hokier side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then here's my question, because we got to this point as I'm telling us what's going on in, in our storyline. And I stopped here because I wanted to talk about this as well, but not until I got your thoughts on the movie. <sighs> uh Oh, oh, a couple things. Actually, first thing. So I thought of this and I, I don't know if I brought it up on the last episode, but when I saw the tree in the mall in the first episode, I thought immediately to myself, that's where they hung the, 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 the witch. And this movie confirms that that same tree is where the mall was built around that tree. Was it though? Yeah, because that's where they went to go dig up and find the hand. Remember, they brought the hand there to bury it next to the body, but the body wasn't there anymore. That's why, you know, it's it, it See, wasn't. I at thought rest. it was they thought that that's the tree she was buried at, so that's why they buried the hand here. No, but it was where the body was, was actually buried was where she was hung. Okay, no, she was moved. Yeah, she either ended way up being it works. Moved. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there was that note or something that they found on something about it, but it had they had moved the body, so she was See, no longer there. I kind of like my my version of it better, uh, <laughs> but I didn't I think, write it. So. But, but my thinking is, is that's why they would leave this tree instead of just cutting it down to build their mall. You know, they want to build the mall. It's a great space, but this tree has a big, huge, a huge significance in this, the town's history. Uh, you want to keep it there, so build the mall around it. You Can know? I be honest with you? I don't think they had anything to do with it. What's I that? I really don't. I don't think. Oh, this this has this tree has significance. Let's keep it. No, up and no, build no, no. no. I'm saying. I'm, oh, what do you mean? Then why? I think. I think Sarah did it. I think Sarah had a hand in moving forces around to keep the tree there. Had a hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not intended, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, maybe you know whatever the case is. We, this was part of the thing. So I remember that on the first one. All right. So let me ask you this, dude. You're a fan of Stephen King. I'm a yeah. fan of Stephen King. Uh, we read the books, we watch the movies. So I am accepting of all kinds of things in horror, all mm-hmm. kinds of paranormal things. I just was really thrown off with the giant beating heart underground. Yeah, that was. That I was, was thrown off by that, dude. I, yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, mm, "Really? This is this is the route we're going? Like we got it? Very Stranger it? Things." Yeah. I was like, why? Why do we have to do that, dude? Yeah, that was probably my least... That, that was probably the one thing in the film that I was least uh, uh, turned on by. Because um, I saw that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm invested this far. Let's just, <laughs> let's just I guess, accept it. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah I don't think I would have included that. Watching it the second time through, loving it, being like all into it. We got to that part, I was like, oh, yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's what they did. They did a beating yep. heart underneath the ground. But you know what? Whatever it is, it's it's meant to be horrific because when that one girl touches it, she gets all of these crazy she sees visions. visions. Yep. And she sees like like 
horrific things, not just visions. Like she walks away from, she gets away from it now. And every time she looks at someone, they're all fucked up. They're all crazy. And, and they kind of look like the witch and, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, so this, then this goes down. We see, uh, they end up getting out from underground, not until a few people really get some, some deaths, oh. man. There are some deaths in this movie. Like, like we said, he's killing kids, man. And he killed and, quite a few kids before uh, they finally the got out. And the way he's butchering. And dude. I love that they don't show it. Except at the end, make bro. you listen. Except yes. at the end. At the end, it was like relentless, like nonstop. Like, oh, man. Like the, the, the axe to the chest, just constant. I was just like, okay, okay, we but got you the know point. What? All right, we got the point. No, I loved it. I loved it because it made it that much more impactful. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Good Meanwhile, she's Lord. getting fucking just just shivs Stabbed, in her side yes. constantly over and so over. So hang on a second. I have a problem with that. Okay. Again, the first movie, they really gave us some questionable medical advice. <laughs> okay. This movie, yeah. I think they gave us some more questionable medical CPR advice. CPR is enough. That's all you need after that I don't that kind think of CPR is going to save anybody after they've been stabbed that many times. It, must, it uh, may bring them back from unconsciousness or what may be death, like start the heart again and in time for the paramedics to get there because they do get there. But the amount of times, dude, those are some kill stabs, bro. Those are some kill stabs on the side there, dude. Yeah. That's not a joke. And, I mean, think about it. That's her lungs, just nonstop punctures. And then, like, I mean, how do you survive that? How do you survive that, but then you're not fucked up? Like, Well, I mean, she is, dude, with all her clocks, dude, all that weird. I'm talking physically, though. Oh, or she yeah. doesn't have like some sort of um, deformity like or something, or or, or her breathing is fucked up. Some or, shit. Yeah, something, dude. <laughs> How do you go through that and not end up scarred physically I guess, for life? I guess the answer is this is a story with a beating heart at, underneath the tongue. Yeah, I guess, right? dude. <laughs> so we just have to be like, okay, no worries, right? Um, the other, and this was one of the things that threw me off too. How was Ziggy telling this story? I thought the same. Thing, dude was she like once upon a time there was this girl named ziggy and this girl named cindy and she this is how she told the story so that at the very end so at the end they're like shocked going you were ziggy like <laughs> she didn't what she referred to was she saying ziggy and cindy the whole time she wasn't saying my sister my sister but that's weird sister. because at the beginning before she started she said this is a picture of us a week later my sister was dead yeah. And then you're going to go on to tell this entire story in the third person yeah, and not specify why. who you were. That was weird to me. I'm like, we didn't, that, that did not have to happen. Let yeah. us, the viewer, go, oh shit, that's Ziggy, right? It's her. Because I went back and forth throughout the movie going, oh, she's the one telling the story. Then I said, wait, no, she's the one telling the story. Yeah, and I know. Wait. They didn't, they, they left it ambiguous. Yeah, I did that the whole time. But yeah. it felt like. It almost felt like the writers didn't think that the viewer would come to that realization themselves. You know what's funny, dude, is I literally wrote this down. I literally wrote the exact same thing down because there was some other moments in the movie where I felt the writers just didn't trust the audience. They gave us the information, but they didn't feel like maybe they were being clear enough or they didn't trust the audience to get it, so they had to spell it out for you. Yeah. And one of those moments was uh, at the beginning, towards the beginning, when um, uh, the nurse gets taken off in the ambulance and then the cop is sitting there talking to Cindy and Tommy 
and uh, basically repetitive. Oh, maybe she went crazy like her daughter. Yeah. Didn't need to say that. That was basically inferred and just left there for us to get. And it yeah. wasn't that hard to get. So if you didn't yeah. get it, tough titty. Yeah. You know? You, know how you, how, you know how you push that across even more? Do a quick shots of a lot of the kids while they're watching her get loaded up, whispering in ears and being like, oh, God. Oh, exactly. Somebody dude. go like this or you know what I mean? And then, and then I don't do. remember the other ones, but there was like one or two <laughs> other spots, too, where I just felt like they, um, they just explained things. And this happened in the first one, too. It was a, a lot of just a juxtaposition. Um, is, is that the word? Juxtaposition? No, it's not. Um, I think I know what you're Info dump. To yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. word for it, but there's, it was just a, a blatant, no reason for it, info dump when we already had this information. Yeah. Because they didn't, they either didn't trust us or they didn't trust themselves. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that says. Which is crazy because it's fun. It's good. There's a lot yes. of really good stuff happening in the story. You know, it's like, trust us. We got it. We didn't need that kid to be like, wait, you're Ziggy? If, yeah. As soon as he said that, I was like, well, how the fuck was she telling that story? Like how? Why would he be so confused? You know, yeah. I get us being confused because we're not listening to the story; we're watching it. So now we have to figure it out as we go. But, but at the end, him, when she when they show her coming back to life and breathing again after after she gets her miracle CPR treatment, um, <laughs> that right there tells us that that's the sister she was. Right. That's you what know? I'm saying. It tells us. But then immediately after it, that kid has to be like, "Wait, what?" It's like it's like but the that, person who wrote these movies is very green in the world of screenwriting because they they were telling instead of showing. You know what I mean? Rule rule number two, show, don't tell. Okay, we, well, we have a few writers on this. The screenplay was by Zach Alkowitz and Lee Janiak, and then Zach Alkowitz, Phil Gra- Grazial- Graziadle, and Lee Janiak came up with the story. Um, they have, so they, there's no link to them on anything, so I don't know what else they may have written, dude. Probably nothing then. And that's the thing. You know, it's it's cool. You learn as you go. But so far, yeah. it's good. It's fun stories. They're telling oh, yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. They're tying things together. See, and that might be another reason why these are coming off so good to us is because it's it's not perfect. And none of these classic no. horror movies ever were. No. And it's kind of like the point is these these new people coming out of fucking nowhere and doing something and just knocking it out of the park, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah, now, yeah. if this was like any other type of movie in any other genre, I'd be like, you know what? It was eh, because there's this that was wrong with it and this that was wrong with it. And this was great and this was awesome and this was cool. But then, you know, again, this. Uh, but I can look past all that in this because that's what this genre is about. And it's what it was built on. It's what it's always been. Yeah. You know? So we end this movie with the fact that they have the hand, right? And they figured out like where it needs to go like they they mm-hmm. went and they got the hand it was buried in, in this in this thing by the tree in the mall and now they also know where her body is so they go to bury it together um and that's where we kind of take a break and we're going to go into next episode the next chapter the 1666 the final chapter and we get this little glimpse of what's coming right they show us a few yeah. scenes and some of the cool things i noticed is that some of these actors and actresses we've seen in part one and two are going to be in this as well. And it, yeah. it looks like they're going to be their ancestors during this I was going to say that too. Yeah, that looks like how they're setting it up. They're going to be playing their ancestor. And that's going to, I really hope they do because that'll be cool. Okay, let me ask you something. What did you think of this cast as opposed to the first cast? I don't know, dude. That's a good question. 
Like, did you care? Did you care as much? So, because like we cared. Remember, we thought about like we talked about like I cared about those characters, in in that I was shocked when they killed off some of the friends, and I was like, what? I I didn't expect them to kill her, and you know what I mean. And so this time around, we knew like anything could happen. But did you care about the characters? Like, did you? Were you? Were you, you know what I mean? I don't think I cared as many as much about these characters as I did the ones in the first film. I don't know. I did like young Ziggy. I really liked her a lot. I, as you know an actress? I mean? Yeah, or even the character. Yeah. Like, I liked her as a character. Oh, gotcha. I yeah, because I know the actress, and I like her as an actress. She's from um, Stranger Things. Yeah, Sadie um, Sink, yeah. Yes, Sadie. Uh, and, and I like her, and she's the only actor in this movie that I recognize from anything else. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with... Everybody did a phenomenal job Eddie. acting. Well, that's not true. Drew. Uh, Drew Scheid. I know him from um, the Halloween remake. He's the, oh. He was one of the kids that was a camp counselor that was trying to get everybody into the mess hall. He's got like curly hair. He's kind, he oh, kind of okay. looks like Anthony. Kind of looks like Anthony. I don't know if you remember who he is. You and he died. Up. He gets his head cut off? Yeah. Yeah, right? Isn't yeah. that oh, what it is? His- fuck. I didn't know that was him. No, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes, I do know who that is. Um, the girl who played Sheila, the bully, she was good, dude. She yeah, really she pulled was, off dude. this like, bitchy kind of mm-hmm. like, you stupid little bitch. How dare you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, good Lord. Um, the sister, she played that character good, yeah. Cindy. Yeah. Uh, Emily Rudd. Um, no relation to Paul. Nope, not at all. Kurt, the the, uh, the camp counselor that was the leader of the Sunnyvale camp counselors, mm. played the perfect douchebag, right? Yep. You know what I mean? That that douche. Um, the girl, the girl that that uh, he hooked up with, she played that role fucking great too. That, <laughs> the, stu- the late seventies fucking hippie stoner yeah. girl, yeah, dude. Um, the kid who plays uh, young sheriff Nick Good, Ooh, I thought he mm-hmm. played him good too. Like, because when I watched the re- when I saw it the second time, because well, I was watching it the first time, I'm like, oh, it's pretty decent casting. So see- seeing it the second time around. When you watch the recap, and I got a, to see the, the sheriff again, it was like, oh, actually, that is good casting. He really resembles him a lot. And then even the way he kind of acts, you could see how he becomes this character. Which, cool thing, though, we, we do see that at the end of this movie, there is this thing where uh, you know Ziggy's character calls the police station and reaches out to him. Mm-hmm. And then she uses something from when they were kids, this reference to being part of a book club, right? What was it? The yeah. Uh, Judy, Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom book yes. club. And the dispatcher's like, uh, Sheriff, is that, is that a thing? Is that a real thing? Like, what is that? What's going on? What does on? that mean? <laughs> He's like, he just takes off going to meet with her because he knows what's up, right? Um, but yeah, all these kids, dude, Tommy Slater, the guy who plays yep. the axe murderer, great. He like yeah. he plays this really kind of cool dude. At first, he's kind of goofy. He comes across goofy, but then he's kind of like cool. Like you're like, all right, I like this guy. Uh, and then you know you start seeing him get like all messed up, and then becomes the killer. Um, I did find myself going, dude. When does he get the bag over his head? When does that happen? When does that happen? And you know and what I didn't happened. like about that? They CGI the bag on his head. Did they? Is it was it, it CGI? It looked it to me, dude. Because it looked, it was either CGI or it was like the uh, like it was formed. It was actually a, a fake mask. Now that they replaced the know, actual looked, bag with, it should have just left the bag. Yeah, but that that might have been too much. Jason Voorhees, uh, you know, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. 
Yeah, because the bag's not going to... Even though she was pulling that fucking thing, that's a burlap sack, dude. It's not going to yeah. form to your face like that after you let go. No, but um, they made, that's how they made this thing, right? Like that yeah. it forms to the face because this is a town that has a heart beating underneath it. Yes, <laughs> so we absolutely. Have to just, we just have to accept it, I guess. <laughs> um, Jillian Jacobs, I like her, but in this role, she seemed weird as older Ziggy. She as just seemed weird to Ziggy. me. The one oh, telling the, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. She just felt it felt like she phoned in her performance. You know what, dude? Like I said, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the um, the, the sheriff. I just don't like the character. I just don't like that type of character and how no, they, huh? how they speak. Um, and I think a little bit of that has to do come back on the the writing, just the the dialogue. Yeah. Um, and I'm not shitting on the writers, but um, I think that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it was necessarily them because there was even other spots where some of the dialogue I was like, eh, this could have been written differently. Right. It felt like a young adult novel, like you yeah. were reading young adult novel writing, like that kind of thing. Which is what they were going for, so it works for that. You know yeah. what I mean? And not a big deal. You know, it was yep. pretty decent. Um, the kills, I enjoyed a lot of the kills. I thought they were some pretty – I mean, they're straightforward kills. There's nothing that's super fancy. Uh, but some of them came out of nowhere, so you're like, oh, Jesus, that's that yeah, was awesome. brutal. They showed stuff that I didn't expect, like when it they, when he first uh, when he first starts killing and he and he plants that axe into the dude's face oh twice. Oh my god! Yeah, I was like, holy shit! What the? They're fuck? not afraid. They're they're not afraid to show things and go over a line nah, in these these movies, nah. which is great. I love that. Yeah, but that's it, dude. That's I mean, that was the movie. And if you ask me, I enjoyed it second time around. I enjoyed it much more than the first time around. Um, Good. And it's um, it's definitely one of those where I'm like. As a package now, together, I enjoy them. I would totally watch a back, like a marathon type thing, and watch them back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. might be a fun thing to do too. I think when the third one's done, I might do that at some point. Watch all three in one afternoon and just see what that feels like to just stay oh, yeah, in that storyline. Just you take know six I mean? hours and and just watch it. It's like watching. Uh, oh, maybe uh, we'll Lord do the commentary. Rings, you know I mean? Maybe oh, we'll do yeah. something like that. A six-hour commentary <laughs> and put it up like on Patreon or. or, or I know no, but I. I'm not sitting to listen to that. <laughs> Put it on Bandcamp. That could be fun, man. Yeah, we'll think about it. Be There's people, people listen to that stuff. We'll break it up, right? We won't put it so it's all six straight hours. We'll break it up so that people can yeah, listen to movie. it in, in, in sections. But we'll watch it in straight. We'll just watch it straight. Yeah, It'd be, it'd be fun, right? Yeah, dude. Order a by pizza or something and just hang out, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it recording and pause the movie <laughs> and order the door when the pizza guy shows up. We'll tell up. everybody to pause it so they can listen to us get pizza. <laughs> Oh man! Um, what else, dude? Do you have anything else you want to say about the movie? What'd you think of the soundtrack, real quick? Um, great. Again, again, I felt like they used uh, songs, great songs that you don't normally hear for a movie set in those years. Yes. Um, and, yes. and right at the beginning, coming right out of the gate with Nirvana, dude. Yep. Uh, you had, you had. Um, Which, how cool is it that the movie bookends? We start with the Nirvana cover of David mm-hmm. Bowie's "Man Who Sold the World," and we end the movie with David Bowie's cover, or David Bowie's original "Man Who Sold the World." Well, yeah. not completely end, but it was like that bookend. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, dude. They, they, like I said, they, they killed it again with the, uh, with the yeah. soundtrack. The music was great. It wasn't cliche. I agree with you. It wasn't. CCR, it wasn't all that stuff. Yeah. They only had one song that you were just like, of course, but perfect. Don't fear the Reaper. 
Yes. When, when Blue Oyster Cult kicks in and we start seeing the camp and all these kids doing stuff and getting ready for things, it's like, oh, this is so But even good. so, again, I when I think of songs from the 70s or something from this time period that they would normally put in a movie, that's not one I would think of. That's one. So that it was it was still still barely under that line, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, soundtrack was great. Yeah. I, yeah. I you know, it'd be really cool is if they released the soundtrack stuff. I wonder what the soundtrack for sixteen sixty six is going to be. That's going to be. <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying be cool, before, dude. right? Let's see what bangers they had in sixteen sixty six, dude. I think it's going to be just a lot of maybe like folk music, like folk folk ish like celtic music maybe some uh you know all the stuff that that kind of came over from from ireland and england and and stuff yeah, like that like, like shanties and uh yeah that's what we'll hear yeah um no that'll be interesting dude um so anyway going back uh when we were talking about the references in this movie uh, oh yeah the fucking shining dude which part in The Shining? What was when the he had the shining? axe and he was breaking down? Uh, I don't know oh, if he was breaking down yes. a door or part of a wall. Yes. Very yeah, much. Yeah, that was great. Feeling. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and then and then when uh, Ziggy and Nick, uh, when Tommy was going after Ziggy and Nick in the um, the animal building, that to me felt very much like Jurassic Park when uh, the two kids oh, were in the cafeteria oh, with hide, the hiding. Velociraptors. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. I love seeing all these different references um, w- within these movies and trying to pick them out. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other ones that that we've missed that that give it some time. And there's going to be a list online we could look it up. And oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. So I did notice when you had mentioned the brothers, the sheriff and the mayor. I noticed that they introduced them in the first movie and made a point, yep. like kind of in your face, but not kind of not um, that they were brothers. And I said, well, that's going to come into play in the movie. And it didn't. Yep. So I'm like, okay, it's going to come into play in the next movies. Sure enough, here's where we see it. However, yeah. now that they've played such a big part, I think, here's part of my prediction for 1666, I think their ancestors are going to be a big part of the the call to hang Sarah. Ah, interesting. I do, yes. Interesting. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was looking up because I was kind of interested in this was uh, I was like, let me look into the Fear Street lore in the books, right? Like, was this part of the lore that they built a lot of the books on? See, I was wondering that too, and it really wasn't. Interesting. So it's they just licensed vice the name. versa, vice versa. Really, it does have to do with the two towns and the people and all that stuff. However, it was the Fear family that did something that was fucked up and their family ends up getting cursed. And so their families throughout the years and the line, they all become like deal with whatever curse and shit happens throughout the family. That's the main, the main kind of mythos in the fear street novels. And then there's all the little stories they have on their own. Interesting. Yeah. So it was interesting that the, yeah, fear, the, uh, that fear in the books, the fear family was actually the ones that were doing wrong and not were done wrong. But I do yeah. like what they did in doing it the way they do it for these films. I really like this idea and, and how it's this, you know, the witch's curse. You know, yeah, it's, but you it's know like what we're a, gonna find out. Maybe simple... fear was maybe Sarah Fear was doing bad things. You know, yeah. maybe she's not as innocent as uh, it looks like. Yeah, we'll see, right? Yeah. Um it's interesting that this idea of the witch's curse is a very simple idea for a horror movie. And it's an old one. It's an old one going all the way back, dude. Probably probably as far back as the Inquisition. Yeah, dude. Obviously Salem. Right. Um, Like but but it's crazy how it works so well when told this way, right? Like it's working out for me, it's working out awesome. Yeah. 
couple other movie references that I forgot that I picked out. The picture of the two sisters at the sign uh, for the camp reminded me very much of the picture from Back to the Future. Yeah, that did. I totally felt that <laughs> when too. When they disappeared. That kind of old school, like, yeah. Yes. Um, you know what I love about this movie, dude, is uh, the coloring, the color palette they use. Oh, the color gradients and everything? You, yes. Yeah, yeah. Love it. There's something about movies that, that look at uh, that look at the 70s through that lens, that kind of orangey, like brownish. Warm tones, yes. Yes. It's almost like, like everything in their world is a perpetual sunset or sunrise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. At all times. It's like anytime you see that lighting, it's like, boom, we're in the 70s. Start shooting. You know what I mean? We're in the 70s in the summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's immediately one of the things I jump on now, too. Two other movies I, I picked out here was uh, The Toilet Cave. Uh, it was very Goonies. Yes, the, 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 the little uh, tunnels trying to figure their way yes, out, that whole yes. thing. And then uh, I was getting some, some, some My Bloody Valentine vibes here, man. Um, really? Okay. Whether that was intentional From or the not. Cave like in. the whole cave-in and being stuck in the caves and the mines. Yeah. 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 Your dude's swinging axes instead of yeah. a pickaxe, but still, right? Um, and then one thing I did want to bring up is remember when we did the first uh, the first episode for this, uh, for 94, you had asked if there was some sort of um, a pattern in the time. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I was able to pick it out this time. It's a roughly, roughly a 16-year cycle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that leaves all different kinds of years that, like oh I said before, God, they could do all kinds of standalone movies that are a part of this curse. And now we can just see what happens in that, yeah. right? Yep. And how people thought they would survive. And we know they're not. We know the ending, you know, that yep. it continues to go on. But it'd be kind of, I'd kind of like to see certain storylines, you know, in this universe. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. One more thing real quick. The whole point of going to see this woman uh, was because... She knows how to stop this. She said, you can't outrun it. Okay. Yet, what happened to her after the fact, after all this stuff happened, that she, A, that she she knows that it doesn't end. What other stuff happened to this woman? Because we never touched on any of that. And that was half the reason. That was basically the reason for going to see this woman. I think it and, was because she didn't realize that the kids knew where the body was. So that's why she said it's never going to end. No one knows where the body is. And that's why they're like, oh, no, we know where the body is. That's why we need oh, to do okay. this. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I was thinking the same thing. What's the point to this if it's never going to end? But then, you know, it was like because her line of thinking was we found the hand. We tried to go put it with the body. The body wasn't there. This isn't going to end. And they're like, yo, we know where it's at. Let's do this. Okay. So that clears that up. Other than that, I think I'm. I think that's yeah. all I had to say. Solid. Man. Not bad. Yeah, no. Pretty good, yeah, pretty yeah, good, pretty good. I'm in, uh, dude. I'm excited for 1666 because I love, I love that time period, and I love movies that take place at that time, like uh, The Witch. Yeah, dude, I love that time period, and I love those types of movies and that setting. Those like small, wayward towns that are out there, and they're kind of like little villages, too far enough from the major cities, but not far enough away. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's going to be cool. fun, dude. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. that's it. That's Fear Street, 1978. Uh, we're we're approving. I say we say we enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. if you watched it and you were like, yeah, you know what? I didn't really like it so much. Or it wasn't the same feeling. Uh, try what we did. Watch it again and see if that's what does it for you. Because it did. It did it for me, man. Or even better, let us know why. That's yeah. why we got all these 
fabulous social medias for people to, to oh, interact with man. us and give us their thoughts on things, you know? Tell them where that's at. Oh, uh, well, you can find us on Twitter at OOTSpod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on the Slasher app uh, at Out of the Shadows Podcast. Yep, yep. Yeah, definitely, man. Leave us comments. Uh, leave us ratings. Leave us go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and make sure you leave a review. Um, you know, people say it helps, and I'd like to see if it does. Let's test it, right? So yeah. leave us a review. Give us a, a five star rating. We've got some things in the works in terms of merch and stuff for people if 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 they're so inclined to look for that. So uh, you know, well, maybe we'll it, keep you posted. Maybe we'll bribe people, right? We'll give them give away some things if they if they start leaving us some comments and yeah, some ratings, man. Whatever we need to do, man. We need we want to get some interaction. We know people are listening, uh, yeah. So we want to get that interaction. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. It was a good time. We're coming back tomorrow or on the next episode, however you're listening to this, and we're coming back with. The Evil Dead. Looking forward to that. We have uh, Poltergeist coming on to talk Evil Dead with yes. us. So that's going to be fun. Exciting. Exciting. So, anyway. All right, dude. Um, okay. That's all. I'm done. I got nothing else to say about Fear Street. All right. Cool. All right. So, listeners, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Until then, remember keep your eye on the shadows. <laughs> <laughs>